Well, be gentle with yourself and know that what you're feeling is natural and to embrace those feelings. And if you feel you need to talk to someone, there's lots of resources out there. Um, but then again, you know, just be gentle with yourself and feel what you're feeling. Uh, feeling is healing. Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so, this podcast is for you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance Podcast, Dr. James Perdue. Hey, hey, come on in again. Today is time for us to get some, uh, you know, some, some powerful methods some motivation, inspiration, get some hope out there, get some encouragement. We can help other people to let them know that when something comes in life, we can get through it and still have a great life ahead of us. All right. Today, our topic today is going to talk about death and dying. All right. Um, our guest here has lost several members of her family since she was 15 a uh, mother commit suicide a cousin that commit suicide grandfather dying uncle dying a car accident father dying of aids and grandmother asthma attack died a couple years later so wow that's a lot to go through uh, on the death and dying spectrum and a lot of us uh you know some of us we're unsure what to expect on the other side and sometimes others and we just get scared to death of death. And so, uh, you know, I, I don't want to be so morbidly anything, but it's part of our living and dying and we're going to go through it. So don't be scared. Learn what you can from it and uh, learn about What's, what's going on here and make it more ease at it and everything. So just going to get started. Welcome to the show. Martika Wiley, and she's going to talk to us about the death and dying and what she's learned from studying from, from all this happening in her life. Thank you so much for having me, James. Oh, thank you so much. And you are the author. You were just telling me, author, at the time we first met, uh, emailing, you didn't mention this, but uh, you are the author of Having Fun with God. Now, that's going to be pretty good. That's a, it's a nice little title. Now, what I'm assuming having fun with God, is this still correlating what you're talking about with the death and loss? Oh, yeah. I uh, do mention, it's a memoir uh, about my life. And uh, I do mention quite a bit, um, you know, my mother passing. And uh, when I was 15 years old, she committed suicide. Um, it was my first year in high school. So I've never experienced death before. And her and I were very, very close. And so it was a heavy, heavy blow for me. You know, I uh, didn't want to live afterwards. I was somewhat suicidal, I attempted suicide. Um, it wasn't until several years that I learned that there were stages of death. <clears throat> of mm -hmm. course, it took, um, um, my grandmother died two years after my mother died. And then my grandfather passed after my grandmother died because he he was lost without her. So it was a bit of a domino effect. And then um, my uncle died in a car accident a uh, year after my grandfather died. And so, you know, boom, 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 all these deaths happened. And so I was kind of wondering what was going on. You know, I, I'm not a religious person, but I do believe in God. 
So I had a couple of, you know, a few tough questions to ask our creator, you know, why, why am I experiencing all this? And then, you know, why am I still here? Because as I said um, earlier that I did, did attempt suicide, but there was a divine um, intervention that prevented me from doing so. And although I am grateful to still be here and share, you know, my message of hope with people that have lost a loved one, um, you know, I just had a lot of lot of questions um, about that, you know, why some people die when they do and some people are still here after, you know, being in a horrific car accident and they walk away without a scratch. So, you know, these, these questions, you know, just kind of made me wonder, you know, what, what is the whole purpose? I think, I think to some degree, um, we have a certain amount of time here and it's not necessarily the average 75 to 80 years. That is the average lifetime. Some mm -hmm. of us are here for a very short time. Some of us are here for a very long time. And it's, you know, getting that understanding of why, you know, death happens so suddenly, but after reading, you know, a lot of spiritual books and taking a few courses on this subject, as well as counseling, quite a bit of counseling. Um, I've come to the conclusion that, um, you know, we come here for a purpose. And once we're completed that, then, then we have the option to leave. And every, every death really is a suicide. I know that might sound hard to kind of wrap your head around. When I first read that, I didn't believe it. Um, but after years of, you know, experiencing other people passing and accepting that, well, for example, my grandfather, he, um, he had cataracts and then he had uh, a problem with his kidneys and then his liver started to fail. So he was slowly just kind of, you know, wanting to go, you know, mm -hmm. so his body started to shut down. And when there was an organ that couldn't be replaced, like the liver or fixed, we knew that it was only a matter of time before he crossed over. Mm -hmm. And his, his message was, you know, I've lived a good full life with his, with his passing. It was a lot more easier for the rest of the family because he was at peace with it. And I find sometimes people that are, you know, in the throes of, of dying may um, comfort those of us that are watching them leave us. There used to be an old song, uh, well, I say used to be, still an old song around that the only the good die young. Mm -hmm. And so you're talking about how the younger people that are, you know, good or whatnot, but uh, good people die young. And so, um, and, and like you said, there's a bunch of questions. I, I'm like you, I got a, still a bunch of questions is, you know, why does someone live, uh, I don't know, we'll say 70, 80, like you mentioned earlier, but half their lives have been drinking alcohol or doing drugs and mm -hmm. being the bad person, not to say drinking is the worst thing ever. Okay. And one of them, you do it moderately. Don't uh, over obsessed about it. You know, my younger brother died two weeks before his 38th birthday. And it was from all his alcohol abuse earlier. So when I talk alcohol, I'm got a firsthand experience, but mm -hmm. it makes no sense to me. I understand he over on the alcohol and eventually causes death. But it makes no sense to me. Somebody else, uh, for another example, uh, somebody, you know, you read in the paper, 
running in a marathon. They're dropping dead in a mar- uh, in the middle of a marathon from a heart attack at 25 years old. Then you hear somebody else that lives 70 years old, and then they're doing everything wrong. So to mm-hmm. me, all this stuff just doesn't make sense. And uh, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of it goes back to your, your biological DNA chemistry makeup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that has um, a, that's a factor, but also your 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 mental state, your mm-hmm. attitude. Attitude yeah. plays a lot, I believe, because, you know, um, again, you know, with the drinking and, and all that kind of stuff or smoking, you know, people could live very long life and still. But again, it's moderation. Again, it's like your, your thoughts become things. So if you're constantly in a negative state all the time and you're rigid and you have no sense of humor, um, it's a lot easier for you to have uh, any kind of dis-ease that's going on in the physical body. Because you know, mind, body, and soul are all connected. So, oh, George this- Burns lived to be a hundred years old, and he supposedly smoked seventeen cigars a day. So, yeah. um, and he lived to be a hundred. But yeah, he was a uh, comic Comedian. genius. Mm-hmm. Yeah, comic comic genius. He learned to, like I said, laugh about things to release stress mm-hmm. and whatever else that could come along. And they say, you know. Um, there's been studies that show laughter is the best medicine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I turn to laughter when I'm stressed. That's my first go-to. Um, mm-hmm. uh, comedies, anything that's uplifting. Uh, I fell asleep to a movie called uh, Peaceful Warrior. It's a 2006 uh-huh. movie with Nick Nolte in it. And it's a, it's a really, it's full of pearls. When I say pearls, I mean wisdoms. <clears throat> and um, it's basically about... Uh, um, it's the it's the ha- it's the journey that brings happiness, not the destination. And then mm-hmm. the premise is all always about living in this moment, being in this moment, because there is no there is no past or present or past or future. It's just this moment. Mm-hmm. So if you can master that, then I think everything else kind of falls into place because you're always in this moment. You know, worrying about yesterday or tomorrow, and you know, I catch myself doing that. I'm sure we all do catch ourselves worrying. Okay. Tomorrow oh, yeah. I've, got, I've got this uh, interview. I got it. You know, I want it to go good and you're not really paying attention to, to what you're doing. And so you might burn yourself if you're cooking or cut yourself if you're using, you know, something. And, and so this is why it's so important just to be in the moment. I agree with that because again, even the Bible says, don't worry about the past, you know, and don't uh, get, caught up and worried in the future because like I said, it hadn't got here yet. And so like you said, even the Bible talks about need to be living now. Living now. Yeah. And so, and that's the other thing the movie was saying, you know, it's he says death isn't the sad part. The sad part is most people don't even live at all. Amen, sister. Yeah. That is very much true. Yeah. Death is death shouldn't be the, the saddest part. Again, it's how you live your life and did you live it to the fullest and did you mm-hmm. live it with purpose? And again, I, I throw this all over the place for the other people that's listening. I believe part of our purpose in life is helping other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? It's I, I like that you said that because there's a line in the movie where he says um, being of service is the highest purpose, being of service to others. Mm-hmm. You know, and it doesn't matter whether you're pumping gas or cleaning somebody's house or preparing a meal or, 
um, anything, but being of service to others. And, and for me, that brings, um, I don't, it makes me feel good. You know, yes. it makes me feel good to share my story with other people that, you know, if you can get through, you know, death, somebody that's close to you, um, if you can get through that, then you can get through anything. And of course, it doesn't happen overnight. It is a process. It's taken me decades to get here. And and I'm very grateful for the creator um, because, um, you know, I can share with others and help others with their grief because I know it could be, you could be in a very, very dark place and you're not even conscious sometimes of what you're doing uh, because you're in such a, um, like a pit of despair. <clears throat> Death definitely is harder on the younger because they haven't experienced it yet. And um, I mean, just for the uncertainty. And now mm-hmm. uh, you said that, you know, your mother was, was your best friend and everything, loved her so much and she loved you. When she commits suicide and you followed with an attempt later, mm-hmm. did she leave you with anything, you know, like people write, uh, not everybody, but write their last letter out to give people a little tip didn't have some understanding and comfort. And I attempted suicide three times in three days. That's how bad I wanted out. Mm-hmm. And last time the day they found me not breathing and, and got me to the hospital and I spent seven weeks in the hospital. So I've come to learn after living, not dying, that God still had a purpose for me. Like I said, we've got to have a purpose. And seeing a psychologist for a year, and he's when he advised me that I had a story I need to get out, provide some hope, inspiration, help other people. And this is my part of my service is doing this podcast now and providing a platform for you and others to get your message out. And so part of my purpose is this right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thank you for it. I'm so grateful that there are podca- podcasts like yours and others that help other people through whatever dark times they might be experiencing. And I know it sounds, I don't know, cruel to say, but somebody else's tragedy makes you feel better. You know, if somebody has it worse off than you, you know, yeah, that, right. that's that's when I've seen, I, I'm a spinal cord injury. Got my neck broke playing football, and and that was one thing is I felt guilty thinking that my injury was better than someone else's, but then I feel bad when I see someone else who was better than me, and mm-hmm. so uh, I, I had to learn don't compare yourself with yeah. others because mm-hmm. we're all in different areas and different parts of life. So we can't really compare each other because, again, we all have our own unique way we were brought up, unique experiences, uh, you know, different way of how we were brought up thinking. And so we can't compare ourselves in those areas. So we just uh, do the best we can and move forward. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and it's how you perceive perceive the uh, situation or the event, mm-hmm. you know, because um we were in an abusive relationship, my mother and I. She married a very abusive man at the time. And so I remember praying to God for her to leave him, you know, somehow just get out. And, you know, when she committed suicide, I realized that was her way of getting out. 
Mm-hmm. But I felt so abandoned at 15 years old and not understanding anything about death. I mean, they don't teach it in school. So, um, you know, I lost a lot of friends because they didn't understand what I was going through. And I was just very angry. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, counseling helped a little bit, although, you know, I had to cut class to do that. And I didn't want to, I was too embarrassed to tell the teacher. So my marks kind of went down a bit because of, you know, they count for attendance and that sort of thing. But, you know, it was reading books and asking a lot of questions and just listening, you know, to the inner, inner knower. Um, but yeah, sometimes we don't want to hear the truth. We don't want to um, accept, you know, that someone is gone. Um, but I've had a lot of uh, guidance along the way. Uh, one of my friend's moms uh, pulled me aside. This was uh, my mom's memorial service had just ended and everyone was kind of slowly moving out of the church. And she pulled me aside and said to me, do you believe in angels? And I said, yes. She says, do you know that we all have a guardian angel with us? And I said, yes. She says, well, now you have another one, your mom. And that's all she said. She kind of nodded, you know, Mm -hmm. to say I'm done talking. And as I continued walking out of the church, my eyes widened because I'm like, oh, my God, now my mom's watching me. You know, when you're a teenager, you know, you could sneak out of the house and, you know, go out. And and I um, I was really do certain things you don't want mom to know about. Exactly. Exactly. And now she's watching you. Do these certain things, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I, I had the same. I had the same feeling because my dad passed away when I was sixteen, and mm-hmm. then I'm, I'm thinking the same thing when I go out and do something. Dad's watching. How embarrassing is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, twenty four seven, right? And so yeah. that that kept me, to be honest, on the straight and narrow for a long time. At least, I mean, yeah, I went to bush parties. I mean, lived in the country. Mm-hmm. So we'd go to campfires and, you know, camping and, and you know, we had a few drinks and that. But I, I never, never took to like the hard stuff, whether it was drugs or alcohol. I kind of yeah. knew in the back of my mind she was watching. And um, now I look at it as a huge blessing. Before it was like, oh, my gosh, I, you know, got to be careful. My mom's here watching. But she's, yeah, still, yeah. With, she's still with me in spirit. And, um, I mean, I've, I've seen her in my dreams a couple of times and it was enough for me to know that she, she was still with me. And, and the other thing too, I'd like to add is that, um, she has become a more of an effective parent on the other side than she had, that she could ever be on this side. Um, my father too, my father, when he passed, I was Mm -hmm. 23 years old and, um, you know, he would talk to me, I could hear him. Yeah, whisper in my ear. A friend of friend of mine was a roommate, and we had the day off, and we decided to go to the mall just to do some window shopping. I think we might have smoked a joint before we went, and uh-huh. she said to me <clears throat> as we're going up the escalator, "Let's go get tattoos." And I was all down for tattoos, like I was all down for whatever. And I said, "Sure." And then that's when I heard my father say, "Don't get a tattoo. They put AIDS virus in the ink." The man oh. died from AIDS. I, I've never heard of that before. And uh, I turned to my friend and I said, do they do tattoos with needles, don't they? She goes, yeah. And I said, well, forget it. Let's do something else instead. I never yeah. did tell her what I heard, but it, I just, to this day, I, I don't have a tattoo, you know, and mm-hmm. that's, that's, you know, that's one 
that's one encounter. He's, you know, whispered in my ear when I was on a really bad date. He said to me, don't go out with this guy again. I said to him, you don't need to tell me twice. It was a bad date. And, and um, he's, he showed up to other family members and really gave them a talking to. Like for me, it was just a bit of fatherly advice, but for other people, he was haunt, literally, literally haunting them saying, do something with your life, you know? And so I just think that's really incredible that you can't, we can't kill um, spirit. The spirit still lives. So even though we've lost our loved one um, physically, they're still with us spiritually. And it's hard to kind of wrap our heads around that because we don't see them, but we could feel them. Uh, there are always signs. My mom likes to fiddle around with the electrics, the lights, you know, <laughs> electricity. My remote control is dead. And I don't, I don't know if she had something to do with it. Like, okay, that's enough Netflix. You need to focus on, you know, getting other things done. <laughs> but there you go. my downtime, right? There you go. Hey, uh, we got uh, She Reviews Everything coming in saying hi, host. Hey, thank you for coming in. I'm James Perdue. And uh, we have uh, Martika Wiley talking about death and dying and uh, from there. So you, so all this come on, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of death and losing family members in a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so you went on to study and find out more about your, this death and dying thing and, and things. So is there, give us more. Uh, stuff that you learned from from part of this. Okay, well, when my father died, um, I don't know whether to laugh or cry because I was I, I was kind of inspired to look for him. I hadn't seen him in a long time. My mother my mother raised me, and um, so when I learned that he had died two days after I you know found him, um, mm -hmm. I didn't know whether to laugh or cry, but um, it was just shortly after he died that I got a, a message from a lady in the Bahamas. Cause that's where my father's from. And she left a message. I called her back. We chatted shortly, you know, for a few minutes on the phone before I asked her, I said, okay, are you a friend or relative of his? And then she said in her Bahamian accent, I'm your sister. Mm -hmm. And I just was like shocked. And then she went on to say I had four older sisters and nieces and nephews. And you know, when I got off the phone with her, I was like in shock, you know, because all of a sudden I had instant family and a voice said, uh, whispered in my ear, um, God doesn't take away without giving back. Mm -hmm. So even though I lost, you know, several family members, I also gained several family members. That goes to that old adage uh, that, um, when you um, lose something, a job or whatnot, uh, the door opens for a better opportunity or whatnot. And so, yeah, God's not taking a family member away without giving a family member back mm -hmm. uh, to you at this time. And she uh, reviews everything. She says she lost five family members in four years. Again, that's that's a lot of loss and grieving in that short amount of time. So, mm -hmm. all right, uh, Martika, go ahead. Uh, sorry about that. No, that's okay. Um, yeah, and you know, when it comes to to losing to losing someone, if you're aware or not aware uh, that there are stages. For me, when I realized eight years later after the first death, my mom's passing, I took a course in Seneca. Uh, it was a personal development course, but we touched on the, the stages of grief. And um, 
I had no idea that there were stages. And when I realized, you know, denial, I thought, oh, okay, that, that makes sense. You know, anger, oh, okay, that makes sense. And so for me, it put me in a place of ease that I had something tangible to work with. Because before I had no experience with death, had no idea what to expect, did not know there was stages or, you know, um, different therapies you could use, like um, music, laughter, meditation, um, exercise, <clears throat> just to name a few, you know, I can go on. There's in, in speci uh, specifics like yoga and walking and things like that. But um, I just, um, I just find that when you do have an emotion, especially if it's a negative emotion uh, like anger or depression or sadness, just to be with that, because emotions are like the weather; they just they pass. And we all experience emotions, and so when you when you let when you let them and you embrace them, then they leave you, as opposed to kind of putting it aside. I'll deal with it later. I've got school to deal with, or I've got this to deal with, and that'll creep up later on. And sometimes, when you least expect it, um, it could be in an inappropriate moment. And I've had moments like that where, okay, I wasn't dealing with certain aspects of my grief, and then I taking taking out my anger on a delivery guy you know somebody who's impartial and and that and that and that does happen so anytime that someone is kind of you know not not 100% or they're kind of agitated you know i think to myself okay this person's obviously going through something i might ask the obvious questions like mm -hmm. did you have something to eat today did you get enough sleep and you know if those questions are yes well, then it's something maybe deeper that's going on that they might need to address. Yeah. Uh, my, um, again, I mentioned my father died when I was 16 and uh, about a year later we were in, uh, my brother and I were in a real bad automobile accident and he got 50% of his body burnt. And he swears to this day that when he was in the uh, burn unit, that dad was sitting beside him talking to him to help him get through all this uh, during that time. And like yeah. you said, talking about having the angels mm -hmm. with us, uh, that, but he swears that the dad was sitting beside him in the burn unit, uh, helping him stay calm and stuff like that and reassure him things are going to be, be good. Mm -hmm. And isn't that wonderful? Yes. Isn't it that he's there? And this is, this is the part that I, I'd love I'd love to talk about because cannot true love cannot death cannot part true love. You know, um, yeah, go ahead. I know, go ahead and talk about it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, they're still with us. And it's, it's amazing that, you know, you have so many loved ones that you cannot see that are there that are always with you. And it, imagine for a moment that you could see them. It might freak you out at first, but if you could just imagine that, your loved ones are with you. Um, that would just probably bring a lot of peace, you know. Um, but it takes it does take some time to get there. Not everyone um, believes the same thing as far yeah. as what happens after we die. Because yeah. um, I've often asked, you know, other family members, like, have you seen Uncle? Have you seen, you know, this person or that person? And sometimes I'll get an answer about, you know, something to the effect, well, I'm not really open to that. I'm not sure if I want to experience that. And so mm -hmm. right there, they don't. 
because I have seen um, almost every single family member that has passed, except for my Nana, although she did come, I believe it was her when I first moved into this apartment, um, about a couple weeks into being here for the first time, I could smell her perfume. Oh, wow. Yeah. And at first I wasn't sure. I mean, it had been years since I smelled her perfume, but it was very flowery. It was very strong. And it only lasted but a moment. And I tried to die. I didn't, there was no, I didn't spray anything and no one was in my apartment but myself. Mm-hmm. And I thought that must be Nana. And usually your first inclination is your is your correct one. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I, you were talking and I forget what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, you, you, you got, but yeah, the, the people who experience things different. I was going to, oh, what I was going to say is, um, uh, my first, I guess, experience, not with death itself, but hearing someone say, I saw, I see someone that passed away was when my grandmother passed away and she was seeing family members that had already gone. And then she died a day or two later. But she she was swearing that they were in the room talking to her and preparing her for her death. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. I I call them angel escorts. Mm -hmm. But but yeah, that's not the first time I've heard that. I think that's wonderful. Um, I I I think so too. Yeah, because again, it brings you relaxation, not and not be scared Mm -hmm. to know what's going on, where you're going, what's happening. You you see your loved ones that are there waiting for you and cheering you, this is the place to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a, a funny one and I'll, I'll get out of your, get out yeah, of your platform. Okay. I want to, I get want out of your platform. This, this is an amazing one. My grandfather was in a nursing home for seven, 10 years and it was a two room occupant, Mr. Martin and my grandfather. And my grandfather swears, uh, to that day, he's passed away now, but swears to that day that about the middle of the night, all of a sudden the room lit up and in between both beds, Mr. Martin, and my grandfather was Jesus standing beside him between both of them. And my grandfather said he reached over to touch Jesus and say, I'm, I'm ready to go home. Jesus told him, said, Mr. Jimmy, so no, it's not your time. I'm here to get Mr. Martin but I'll be back to get you soon. And then the whole room went back to darkness. Mr. Martin had passed away. And I think my grandfather lived another two or three years before Jesus come back in. But he swore, swore, swore that Jesus was right in between uh, both of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that's yeah, and yeah, that's remarkable. But I, I've heard, I've heard similar. Um, well, I used to work in a nursing home, and one of the residents, um, you could see him reaching out as if to talk to someone, and no one was there. But you know, he somebody was there. His his wife had come. His wife mm-hmm. had passed before him, and was coming to say, "We're you know ready for you." <clears throat> so he called his daughter and told his daughter to come and visit because his time was going to be short. Mm-hmm. So within the week she came and after, uh, after that visit, he passed, but we could see that he was talking to someone. Someone was there saying, we're coming for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We, we've got, we've got you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe, I believe those. Do you want to hear something angels. crazy? 
Do you want no, to go, see? Yes, yes, go ahead. Okay. Well, I recently lost my cat. Because I, I guess we sure thought my grandfather was crazy when he was yeah. talking about Jesus. Uh, no, no, that's. And uh, no, we've come to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't question, like you said, the uh, what you call them, a court corpse angels. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, escorts. Escort, escort angel. Yeah, yeah. angel yeah. escorts. That's just yeah, a yeah, term. Yeah. yeah. No, no, uh, I, I I firmly believe in those now. Yes. Yeah, and you know, it it took for me working in a nursing home to see to see the different ways people die, right? Mm-hmm. So that that was one of them when you have an escort or loved one on the other side uh, waiting for you, ready for you to come over. But uh, when my cat was uh, not doing well, um, I talked to my friend and neighbor who lost her cat a year ago, and she said that her Dusty, his name is Dusty, came to her in a dream. And Dusty only comes to her in a dream when he's there to help somebody else cross over. And my friend Jen thought it was one of her other pets. But when I told her that Dash wasn't well, she knew that Dusty was coming for Dash. And even though I was like, I had mixed feelings. I didn't want Dash to go, of course. Mm -hmm. But I was relieved that at least he had somebody guiding him, you know, to cross over. So, you know, he did cross over. And then I saw my cat Dash twice in a dream. One night he came to see me. It was just me and him. And we were, you know, chatting and I got a chance to pet him. And then the next night there was uh, my other pets there too. He was visiting all of us. So again, even in the, getting teary eyed, but even in the animal world. Yeah. And I, 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 unless I experienced it, I would have been like, "Hmm, okay, maybe it's possible. (laughs) Somebody else shared. But again, you you, you know, it's kind of the seeing is believing in that aspect. I've been at a church before and, and I disagree with the minister on this one that uh, he's saying uh, he was tell, openly telling, and it's, I, I would have a hard time telling children that mm-hmm. your favorite dog or cat, when they pass away, they're not going to be in heaven waiting for you. God just doesn't. And I have a hard time believing that. Why would he give us some, some animals or to enjoy to mm-hmm. be with? And we not experience that again later on. Mm-hmm. I'm a believer that, or maybe not all our pets we've ever had, but our favorites is going to be there waiting for us too to play. Mm-hmm. And I love the old um, poem, uh, Rainbow Bridge, I think it's called, and about your dog running on the other side of the bridge and having fun because he's passed away. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden he sees you when you pass, and he runs across that bridge to be with you again. And, and I think it's called Rainbow Bridge, I think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm a believer. I could be, I'm sure I'm totally wrong Mm because I don't study the Bible like the preachers and ministers do, but uh, I I just have a hard time believing why would he give us something for that type of enjoyment and Mm -hmm. not give it back uh, with us, you know, but again, I could be totally wrong. I'm I'm hoping, my hoping, hoping my dog, uh, Ricardo, he had passed yet, but Mm -hmm. uh, he's been my first service dog. And I, I hope when he goes and I hope he'll be waiting on me and, we share some more time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I believe that uh, all, all animals go to heaven. They have uh, a soul too. Well, and, and again, yeah. uh, I think snakes are beautiful looking. I don't want to play with them, uh, mm-hmm. but they're beautiful looking. Uh, whether they're venomous or not, they're beautiful snakes, beautiful mm-hmm. animals. Um, but again, what about these people that 
love snakes and they got them as pets. And I think they would be there with them because mm -hmm. that was an enjoyment of life that they mm -hmm. had. Like you said, they got souls as well. So they feel pain. Yeah. They feel sorrow. They feel happiness. Just like they us. Eat, they eat, they reproduce just like yeah. we do. Yeah. So again, I could, I could be totally wrong, but um, I'm sure hoping it's uh, that uh, I'm hoping that I am wrong mm -hmm. <laughs> or no hoping I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> hoping I'm right. Not wrong. That's right. But I may. So, all right. Hey, Martika, I appreciate you being here and sharing your show. Hey, if there's one, one advice, someone that's going through, uh, you know, some death, like for instance, uh, she's re, uh, she's reviews everything, you know, five death members in, in four years. If there's one piece of advice you can give her, what would it be? Hmm. Well, be gentle with yourself. Know that what you're feeling is natural and to embrace those feelings. And if you feel you need to talk to someone, there's lots of resources out there. Um, but then again, you know, just be gentle with yourself and feel what you're feeling. Uh, feeling is healing. Amen. Yes. So, and then uh, don't be afraid to reach out to someone that's been through some of this and counseling, mm -hmm. whatnot, if you're still having a hard time and uh, to help you get through. So, Martega, you gotta get, tell us uh, your website. How can people find your book and other social media? Oh, thank you. Um, my book is called Having Fun with God. It's a memoir. Um, it's available everywhere. Uh, Amazon is a place you can get it. And um, I have a website called Grieve with Ease, uh, as well as a podcast. Uh, you could check out uh, Grieve with Ease and um, for more information. Yes. And your podcast, you got a podcast yourself? Yes, and I do. So, and what's it called? It's called Grieve with Ease. Okay. And so mm -hmm. I'll get this information and put it in the show notes, make it easier for people to come find you as well. So, mm -hmm. well, I appreciate you coming on, sharing your journey, your story. Uh, sorry for all the loss in so short of a time. Uh, it makes you grow up fast. That's mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, yeah. my, my younger brother I mentioned died two weeks before his 38th birthday. His, was his father... Which one? My father died when I was sixteen, but he was ten years old, and so as a ten-year-old, had to really grow up, you know, fast uh, with the family, and so from there. So, well, appreciate you being here, sharing your journey. You you seem like you're doing well uh, over all this time and over all the loss. Again, I think the biggest benefit is learning more about death and dying mm -hmm. and how to deal with it. it is has been the the great benefit from this than, mm -hmm. than still being shocked and not understanding. So going, stepping up and, and learning more about it has been, been, been beneficial. So to help you. All right. Martika, anything else you want to say to us? Um, just be gentle with yourself and don't forget to uh, put yourself first, care for yourself. If you don't take care of yourself, you can't help no one else. That's right. You got to so, put, yeah, number one. Look out for number one, which is you. And then don't, yeah, don't, don't sit there and say how selfish of me to put me. No, because if you don't take care of yourself, if you mm -hmm. don't keep yourself held from whatever, you can't help other people along the way. So that's right. Marquita, thank you again for being here. Everyone else, hey, share yourself with someone you know it's uh, gone through some suffering with some death and dying, and listen to her story and. I mean, it's amazing to, with the people. I, I really love when you brought up about the angel escorts 
And from there, I really believe in that as well. So thank you, everyone else who's coming in. Hey, she reviews everything. Thank you for popping in today. And I hope you have a blessed day as well. To everyone else, I'm Dr. James Perdue, the Professor of Perseverance. Thank you for coming on the Professor of Perseverance podcast. Do something today, tomorrow, something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis. Thanks for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. For motivation, inspiration, and encouragement. For more information, go to Facebook at Professor of Perseverance. Visit the website at ProfessorofPerseverance.com and view the YouTube channel, Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance.